Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the ME7 podcast. Just days away from Christmas, and we were given no reason whatsoever to feel even remotely uh, festive. We spoke yesterday previewing this game, saying that only a win would do against a team in the bottom two who have been in the bottom two for the vast majority of the season. In Sky, I bet the two now managed by Troy Deeney, a manager with no experience whatsoever, who is in his first ever role and has been given the role on a basis of because he was already there. It, you know, a managerial appointment you'd never expect to see. And um, yeah, we, we turn up and put in a typical typical Gillingham away performance in this season, go to a team who are completely struggling, who, uh, you know, you know I, I listened to the commentary on iFollow and uh, the Forest Green commentary seemed pretty happy with what they were seeing in terms of uh, seeing a slight change and things like that. They were quite um, appreciative of their team tonight. I thought they were absolutely terrible. I thought they looked like a team who are where they are. They're a team who, in my opinion, are going to go down and... We went there, 11 shots, three on target, one half chance at the very most. Once again, created absolutely nothing and left with a point due to the basis that Forest Green are absolutely terrible. And really, that that was the, the best I expected yesterday. If anyone listens to the podcast yesterday, I thought we'd lose the game. I wouldn't have been surprised if we did. We very nearly did at the end as well. When it was another timid, pathetic, uninspiring Gillingham performance. And... You know, it, the worst thing is it doesn't come as a surprise to anyone, I don't think. And this is what we've been seeing away from home, not just since Clemson has come in, but all season. We have to be fair and say that. Um, you know, apart from the first few games of the season under Harris, where, you know, we were playing not the most exciting football, but we were getting results. People weren't happy about the way we were playing. And we made the, made the decision to change, to go in a new direction. What that direction is, I couldn't tell you. Not a clue whatsoever. I don't see... Any positive change in our performance? We played well against Charlton. We got the win. Have we backed it up with any sort of resembling performance since? Absolutely not. We just when the players come into task because you can't pick and choose when you turn up. And I think the players have taken a lot of flack for that as well. Some, in particular, getting away with a lot, I think, this season. And the levels aren't there. So you can't put it all on the manager. But at the same time, by now, you'd expect to see a change of style, an own personal dynamic for Clements. And... I'm not seeing it. I'm really not. If anything, we're going even further backwards. And we said yesterday that this season could, uh, this period of the season, these games coming up over the rest of the period could be season defining for us. And I said, you know, on, on one hand, you look at it and you think there's a good fixture to this and it could put us into a really good position. But on the other hand, if we get these results wrong, we don't pick up points where we should do, then it's going to be more, more than likely the end of the season, regardless of what we do in January. And I think we've, we've started it off terribly. Let's be honest, this isn't a good result. I said it yesterday. I know some people might look at it and think any point away from home is a good one. I get the argument, but for me, you, you can't say that when you're playing a team like Forest Green or a second bottom and a manager's Troy Deeney. I'm sorry, you just can't. This this isn't a good result. It's a pathetic result, in my opinion. Really, really, really poor. You, you, you know, we've said it when we played Tranmere, when we played Walsall, etc. If you want to have any chance of promotion or playoffs in this this division, you can't go to teams like this and drop points. You just can't. And people can bang the drum of any away points, a good point. Not not in this occasion, not for me. At a away point, the performance, I'd say, if you're going to a Stockport or a Barrow or Notts County, it's a good point because they're a team, a team who are flying. When you go to a team like this, they're more than, more than likely going to get relegated and you put in a performance like that. It's not a good point whatsoever at all. Um, but yeah, enough of me for, for now. Um, I'm going to bring in uh, the two speakers. We've got Reese and Jack 
uh, uh, joining us tonight for the time being. And well, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, to hear to hear their viewpoint on it. But uh, just before we get consult, uh, just before we get going, uh, so of course, many thanks to Grit for sponsoring us for this season of on the Emmy Seven Podcast. Grit Consultancy are an all-in-one managing UK-based IT support consultancy and hosting solution that your business needs. That means one contact address, the same friendly experts handling your queries and simplifying billing for your business's IT. You'll hear more from them. Join our live shows throughout the remainder of the campaign. So, well, who do I go through first? So I'm most excited to listen to Joe. Joe, uh, Rachel, you've been on air a few times before. I'm, I'm going to start with Jack. I'll be nice and polite. Jack hasn't been on air in a while. Uh, Jack, um, I suppose the first question is: Do your best to sort of summarise your your emotions after. I imagine you sat you sat there tonight and, and watched what was a very uninspiring and you know sort of in, in a way a waste of an evening for you. I'd imagine. <laughs> can, can you hear me, mate? Is that all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah all good. Me, yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, it weren't very good, mate. Was it? Uh, dross is probably the first word that comes to mind. Um, it was boring to watch as well. You know, which is ironic, really, given the change of direction. That were meant to be going in. It was just, I, I can, I can settle on a team drawing a game or losing a game when they appear to be trying, and I think that's the worst trait of this team. The fact that they just don't seem asked. They just they don't seem like they care enough. They I, I feel like they're the sort of players that think they're the big I am. They think they're good enough. They, they need to take a long, hard look in the mirror and see where they are as a team. They're massively underachieving. We've scored 19 goals before Christmas. And you look at last season and think, well, it can't get much worse than last season. Last season's squad was terrible, let's be honest. So to have scored seven goals then was shocking. Um, but I feel like this is worse because they are comfortably a better team than the way they are performing at the moment. It's... Uh, it's, it's, it's very, very inconsistent. We go win-lose, win-lose, win-lose. So I suppose the only benefit is perhaps the fact that we've drawn the game. But as you've said, that's not a good point tonight. It, the second half was marginally better than the first. The first half was an absolute write-off. We we were we might as well have not turned up. Um, second half, we played better, I thought, and, and looked like we might have scored potentially in terms of how we were actually trying to get forward. But then, you know, it's a combination of can't score, won't score. You know, first half, shocking, no effort, couldn't string two passes together. Second half, played slightly better, a little bit more effort, but can't put the ball in the back of the net because they're either not good enough or haven't got the confidence. And it's, I don't know what to say, mate, to change it, to, to be honest. You know, we, we talk about Clements and Harris and, and people bang on about the fact that, you know, if we'd, if we'd have kept Harris, we'd be doing better. Y yes, I think we would. But these players are still the same players that Harris had. And you look at the way Harris is doing at the moment. They've scored two goals tonight. That's two goals in in three games they've scored. They've come from behind already as a team. For for me, it's not on it. It weren't on Harris. I'll, I'll admit a mistake on my part wanting him gone at varying points. Um, and it's not got any better. So I don't think this is necessarily a huge reflection on Clements. I can see what he's trying to do. Um, I just don't think the players give enough of a shit. Excuse my French. No, no worries about your French at all. Well, Jack, that's the, that's the thing is that we're going to get on to, I don't want to call it the blame game. We're going to look at all different aspects. And, you know, I will tell you now, not for a spoiler, but just to get your notes ready for later, and I'm, I'm sure you have a lot to say about it already, we are going to be talking about the impact of, of the summer and, more importantly, 
roles of Kenny Jackett or Andy Essentiner because I'm, I very much do not think they are blameless in this situation whatsoever. But we'll get to that in just a bit. Uh, Reese, obviously, I know, I know you would have uh, watched it tonight as well. Um, we spoke in the week when we went to a Big Easy, which was a much better night than tonight, about the expectation for this game and that we simply had to win it. But neither of us were particularly convinced we were going to win it. We didn't win it. And I suppose the most damning thing is neither of us are really surprised, are we? Um, no. Um, going into it tonight, I thought anything but a win would be a really, really poor result. Um I think they'd conceded something like 23 goals in 11 home games before tonight. Um, you know, and like Jack said, we was better in the second half. But I also think part of that was because of the way Forest Green um, played. I'm here, mate. I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good. Can you hear Reese? Yeah, I can hear Reese. Yeah. Can you? Oh, I can't. That's an issue. Um, yeah, the, the way Forest Green approached the second half was almost as if they were asking us to beat them. Um well, I've just booted Reese out and I'm going to bring him back in and hope that works because I could not hear what you were saying for, for some bizarre reason. So, Reese, if you want to just request again, it should hopefully figure itself out, I'd have hoped. All right, Reese, can you speak again? Can you hear me? I can now. All right, start, again, start again. Yes, please. All right, okay. Um, well, yeah, like, it's like we, obviously we spoke during the week and we both sort of said that anything but a win tonight would be would be a dreadful result. Um yeah, they'd, they'd conceded 23 goals in 11 home games so far this season. And, you know, Jack said we was better second half, in which I agree. But I also think that was probably helped by them. Um, I thought the way Deeney approached the second half of his team was just asking for us to go and beat them. Um, and despite that, other than a, a Dieng header from a corner, I can't recall us creating anything that remotely comes into the category of a clear-cut chance to win the game. Um, if we're looking for little positives defensively, we was fine. Um, we never really looked like we were going to lose the game, but you'd always like to think that'd be the case playing against bottom of the league. And, you know, obviously you've touched on it and we'll come on to it more as we go along. But the decision that was made in October is just looking more and more farcical by the week that passes. Um, I totally get the argument that Clements needs time for his style of play to be implement, implemented. But like you say, what this new direction means... I don't know. To me, it's proven to be a load of fluff. Um, you know, he's he's had nine games, and whilst I don't expect to see his style of football completely complete in that time, I expect to see signs of us moving forward in the right direction. Um, and I see absolutely nothing. Um, if anything, in the last two games, we've been more direct. Um, and yeah, and that and that was my point all along from day dot of sacking Harris was that. If we want a new direction, to try and do that in the middle of a season is a really risky game because you're you're essentially writing off the season if the new manager doesn't hit the ground running because you're trying to get the same set of players to play two completely different styles of football and it ultimately will need time to work. So that for me is what's annoyed me the most about the whole situation is that it feels to me anyway that after 14 games this season, the club decided they wanted to write this season off um, and given the fact this squad of players, I don't think has been cheaply assembled. For me, that doesn't sit right at all. Yeah, Jack, I think usually when in these review things, we go through the game and talk about what happened, but that's going to be pretty quick to do tonight, thankfully. Um, 
Forest Green weren't very good. We weren't very good. We ate, they had a shot in the first half at Turner saved. We had a ding, ding header in the second half that their keeper saved. And uh, yeah, that's full time. So moving on from that, um, there is a comment that's come in, Jack, and I want to put it to you because I think it is important that um, when we talk about context of different arguments, etc. James has said, um, <clears throat> Neil Harris's last seven league games, he won two of them, drew one and lost four, and that we were in a downward trajectory at that time, many performances back then resembled what we've seen today. Um, I suppose that goes to the argument that, you know, whether you're a Harrison or Harris out, you can also make the argument of, you know, he may not have been playing the best football to say at the right time. And we may not have been, you know, picking up the right results. But I think the, the, the most damning thing for me in this situation is I look at when Harris was sacked. So I believe we were three points off the top three because it was following the result against uh, against Crew, wasn't it? Because I know we went back into the top three, uh, the MK Dons game when uh, Keith Midden took charge. And we're now, I believe, eight points adrift of that top three with, you know, I think it's the gap between sixth and seventh is around five points. I, I know Wimbledon won today, uh, Bradford as well, we were both got above us. So that gap between uh, the last playoff place and the place before, I believe is quite substantial at this moment in time, but it was last time I checked. So, it looks to be that we've got a position from being in touching distance of the top three, still looking pretty healthy when we made that decision, to now being in a bit of a dogfight if we even get that far between about probably about five or six teams. We look at it trying to fight for you know one last final playoff place. I know that's a bit odd to say maybe in December because a lot of things can change, but I think the point is like although Harris's last few results weren't particularly great, I think everyone goes through a bad period during the season. I think we were in that and. I still think we would have been able to turn it around under Neil and, you know, it's not going to happen now because we won't know. But I suppose what are your thoughts on that in terms of a contextual thing about, you know, the argument that people would say we still made the right decision given the form he was in? Or do you just think it was a case of we're in a bad run of form that we could well have got out of? I thought we was in a downward trajectory, mate. I, I can't disagree with that. Um, the football wasn't great, but it's not got better. And, and I keep going back to the players, to, to be honest with you, mate, from, from a... From a standpoint of should we have made the decision, you know, at the time I thought it was possibly the right call. Now, no, you know, absolutely pointless. You know, we've not got any better. Um, the football's marginally better. You know, it was, some of the stuff on the ground today was nice. But ultimately, if you don't win the game of football uh, or create a clear-cut chance, for God's sake, then then you, you can't say what's, ha what's happened since has been positive. We've got worse. Um, I think when he lost his job, we'd won six, drew one, lost four, I think it was. So I suppose for some context, you know, we were very inconsistent then as well. Um, but ultimately, both Millen and Clements haven't been able to change things. So I, I will, and I said it on, on Jill's in the pub to Matt and Reese then, and I say it now, you know, I, I don't think it matters what manager we've got at the moment. I don't think the players care enough. I really don't. You you look at today and I know Forest Green weren't particularly very good, but even when they got the ball forward, they, they had a few chances. Um, they didn't have many, but the ones they did have, when they got it forward, there was purpose, pace, and that they had the, you know, they had the the nuts to actually have a shot, you know, and, and, and have a shot that was somewhat meaningful. With us, it's like we're a decent team up until the final third. And the moment we get anywhere near our the, the, the opposing team's box, the, the players just don't seem to have it within them to to 
to actually try to score. I don't know. Like it just it all seems to slow down. People take an extra touch. You know, p- people aren't willing to have the bollocks to take a shot. It's just it's such a frustrating team to watch. And I, I just think they're they're a much better team, in my opinion. I know a lot of people will talk about recruitment. I think bar some pace and bar a very proven goal scorer, which are hard to find at this level. I think it's a good squad, and I think we're 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 excusing them too much. I, I, we always want to look for someone to blame, I think, and I think every fan base does. And I don't think Jacket or or Hess or Gallinson or Scally are devoid of criticism here at all. But the players are getting off very lightly until I'd say around about now. Really, I think it's coming home to roost slightly with the fan base that they. I don't think they're putting enough enough effort in games versus their ability. That would be my summarisation, mate. Well, I think on that note, we should we should get to talking about the players, um, because you know, as I said, don't want to call it the, play, the blame game, but we do have to cover all, all different services in regards to where we are. Reese, um, firstly, I think there, there are, Jack is right. There are some players who are massively, massively underperforming. You know, I'm not. You know, I will say names. I think when we brought in uh, Johnny Williams over the summer, there was a lot of fanfare. He had ten goals and ten assists for Swindon uh, last season. We, we obviously remember he got there. One of those against us at the county ground this season. I, I make it he has two assists max and no goals in the in the league, which isn't just a, a drop off from last year. It's a dramatic drop off. And you know, we on paper, like like Jack says, we have good players. You look at a name, Johnny Williams on a team sheet, and you think, oh, I don't want to be playing against him. But the reality is, he's not he's not performed anywhere near the levels he should this season. And and there's a lot of players that go into that. I know. Uh, Scott Malone, someone we talk to a lot, and you know, I don't like digging him out, but again, I don't think he's been great over the past month or two. I think that's the reason I said I'd start Max Clark tomorrow. Uh, well, I said it yesterday, as in tomorrow being today, because I thought Scott had gone off the pace. I don't think he was any better tonight. I don't think he was very good at all. When you know, Conor Masterson is he the same player he was under Harris or, or vast majority of last year? I don't really know if he is. Um, which is a massive shame for what he's put out this season because I think he's a very, very good player. He's just not showing it too much. And I think in every position, really, it's Tom Nichols, another one. Great second half of last season for us in his first uh, first half season. Gone off the ball completely. I, I, you know, Like you said to me earlier on a text, I'm, I'm not even sure. I can remember a time where he touched the ball when he came on. Uh, there's a lot of examples, isn't there? And that's never good when you're looking at a team of talented players on paper who are just massively underperforming. I don't know if it's the case of some of them had... You know, really strong ties with with Harris and had loyalty to Harris. But even if that's the case, and although I disagree with the decision, even I can say as a player, you've got to let it go. If you're the players on the pitch, you can't just mope around now that your friend or your manager's gone. It's, it's football; it happens in life. You've got to get on with it and start showing your class. And I don't think enough of them have been doing that this year. And I think that's that's a massive problem. So as much as we can talk about, you know, January trying to you know save our season, quote unquote, if you like. We could bring in X amount of players, but I think there's still a massive issue with certain ones we have currently in a squad that are massively underperforming. No, I can't disagree. Um, I think if you look at all the ones that were here in the second half of last season, how many would you say are performing to that level or better so far this season? I'd be struggling to name any, to be honest. Probably even Coleman, the only one mainly because he wasn't in the team that much in the second half of last season, and now he is. But other than that, you know, you're looking at Lapsley, um, Nichols, obviously Hawkins has been injured, Masterson, Aimer, Morris doesn't play now. 
um, Alexander, McKenzie. I don't think any of these players have gone forwards from last season, um, which, which is disappointing. Why that is, only they will know, is, is the Harris factor part of it. I expect for some of them it may well be, but like you say, they're, they're well-paid professionals that have to do a job. Um, and, and Jack's ultimately right that up until now, they probably have got away with quite a bit, the players, because... You know, while Harris was here, and everyone that doubted Harris was was saying how he was the big issue, holding the players back and putting shackles on them. Um, and once he was sacked, it would it would release the players from his shackles, and they'd be able to go and show their ability. But you know, how's that working out? We've obviously now seen that we've had Millen in charge; it didn't get much better. Um, now Clements is here. Um, we failed to score in half of these six league games so far and we're scoring at less than a goal a game in the league. Um, so nothing's changed. Um, so yes, whilst he needs time to implement his style of play, he has come in and he's trying to play. You know, Harris didn't score lots of goals with his team, but you can sort of see why, because he's a manager that predominantly works off a a defensive foundation first rather than the other way around. Whereas Clements has come in perceived to be this attack-minded coach who wants to play possession-based attacking football and score goals. So I think I think it's even more shocking a reflection on him compared to Harris that we're not scoring goals because his style of play is meant to be solely based around creating chances and scoring goals. But that's, that's not me throwing all the blame on Stephen Clements because I think it, it reflects badly on him to a lesser extent than it does the players. I think it's getting to the point now where a massive part of it has to come down to the players um, because whether it's confidence, whether it's mentality, whether it's intensity, m- many, if not all of them, have shown at spells either in their career with other clubs or here at Jill's that they're a lot better than they're showing this season. Um and, and and the thing with the, the, the confidence point, I don't also don't get where that would come from as an excuse because we're not bottom of the league. We was winning games at the start of the season. Yeah, we lost, we lost a couple of games before Harris got the sack. It's league two, that, that happens. So if that affected them that badly, then, then you have to question the mindset and the mentality. Um, you know, Harris said towards the end of his reign, he still looks like, it feels as if the squad lacks leaders. Clements has already touched on it, which which isn't a good sign. Um, so no, it it you know it's ultimately now the talk is of January saving the season yet again, um, which for me is is criminal and it should never have got to this point. You know, like I said earlier on, this squad hasn't been put together cheaply. Um, so if it's not to a good enough standard to what I believe was meant to be the club's aims this season, which is to at least get in the playoffs, then then unfortunately people do need to start being held to account that, you know, much was made of that the reason why we were changing things behind the scenes and bringing in recruitment departments and so on was to make sure that we signed not just the right player in terms of quality, but the right characters. So if we're now sitting here 20 games into a season saying we don't think these players want it enough, then the right characters haven't been signed and people will have to start being held responsible for that. Yeah, it, it does seem like, Jack, if this season is to end outside the playoffs, which I must admit is very much looking that like that, that way, despite what may or may not happen in January, then this season would have to go down as a failure. I know, obviously, 
people were pointing to how bad last season was and, and we can say we're in a much better position now, which, yeah, of course we are, but it's very, very different circumstances to the first half of last season to where we are now. And I, I would have it down as a failure if we didn't make the playoffs and that's not you know, expecting so much too soon, I think. So when you have a squad that we do, which has been heavily invested in and you're much trying to perform in the way, the way we are, then it, it, it for me, is, is, is nothing more than... Uh, then a failure if we don't get playoffs. If we got the playoffs and we lost at Wembley in the semi-finals, I wouldn't consider it too much of a failure because we got where we were expected to be. If we don't make it in the playoffs, you know, it's a bit of a lottery. It's, it is what it is. But to not make them at all, I think would would be a massive worry. And if that wasn't to happen in, in terms of Reese, what Reese said about asking questions, I think questions would need to be asked Jack of uh, <clears throat> both Jack, uh, Jacket and Nesson Tyler for the work they did over the summer. Um, we all know what went on in the in the summer. We knew what we needed. We needed pace, and we needed a striker who's going to score goals. Um, look, the way we're playing with with McCauley Bond hasn't really benefited him. I think he's he's made. I want to say the best of a bad situation, but there has been games he's been poor and he's missed chances. But I also sympathise with him in games like tonight, for example, where he's playing up front and he's having balls hoofed to him against a massive centre back and Ryan Ears and two other defenders. And you know, you can always just ask what more can he do in that sort of situation? Not a lot. And you know, that's where. You, probably argue to play two up front. But I think the big mistakes were made in the summer and they need to be rectified in January because we know that we needed pace and we needed a striker. The club spent, God, well, we'll never know truly, but God knows how long tra- chasing Alfie May. Um, but had we got him, it would have been time well spent, I'm sure, considering how well he's doing at Charlton. But it seemed like we didn't really have a, a second choice alternative. You know, Bond wasn't someone we, we looked at for a long, long time and he decided to sign. He was someone who became available at a whim and we took him on because we'd spent so much time and wasted so much time after Alfie May, who obviously we gambled on him, gambled on using that time for him to come and it didn't happen. And I think that's where some mistakes lie, isn't it, Jack? I think if you need to have someone like Alfie May in mind, who you want to be a first choice, you need to be aware that there are going to be backup options that you can go to if it doesn't work out. Or even if that deal is taking too long to get done and you're not 100% sure it's going to happen, then you move away and try and look for someone else a bit further down the list just to guarantee you get the calibre of, of player that you're after. And, you know, we didn't have a strike last year who scores goals. We don't have one this year. And not that it's the be-all end-all to get out of this division. We saw it late in Orient last year. But I think when you're a team who scores as little as we do and creates as little as we do, it's certainly something that what we needed. And it's you know, something that would be looked back on as a massive mistake if one we end up as of the playoffs and two, we don't rectify it in January. But then as I say, rectifying that in January to sort of sign a goal scorer is going to be a lot harder to do in the winter window than it would be in the summer. Thing is, Matt, if we, even if we, if we look at it, if, we, if you look at Alfie May, right, we clearly would have scored more goals if he'd have signed for us. But I have to question whether we'd have scored a hatful more, to be honest. I, I'm not convinced a striker is necessarily what we need. Um, I think it's players that are brave enough going forward to 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 you know even from midfield to have a shot when when others you know others won't and and I think pace is the main thing, mate. To be honest, I think Bond's a decent striker for this level. He's shown it previously and and higher that he can do pretty well. So I'm not convinced an out and out goal scorer is exactly what we need. Um, but you know you can't look at 19 goals and think it's good. But I'm not convinced it's necessarily the striker's fault. I, I, I know Bond does miss some pretty guilt-edged chances at times, but we, do, we don't create enough for him, t- to be honest. And I think in terms of blame, you know, I think ultimately the person that's in charge of decision-making, it would appear, 
um, given their title, is Kenny Jacket. So I think ultimately the, the sword should fall probably fall on him more than anyone else. I think Hessenthaler probably does take some culpability in some of the players that we've signed, but the guy knows the club inside out. He knows the type of player that we should be signing as a club, you know, similar to players like him, you know, that played for us. So I, I don't think he's devoid of criticism, but I wouldn't be um I wouldn't be pinning blame necessarily too much on on him. And and just just on Clements, mate, in terms of we talk about leadership in the team, you know, it's early doors for Clements and I'm not advocating for for the, the knives to be pulled out on him just yet. But one thing that does come across from him is he does seem a bit, and, and I mean this with respect to the bloke if he ever listens to this, but he, he does seem like a bit of a wet blanket to me. Um, you can see why he's been a number two or a coach before. Uh, I, you know, we, we've got, it's a modern modern age in terms of footballers. And, and I think ruling with an iron fist probably doesn't work anymore. But equally, without being in the dressing room and knowing what he's actually like, he seems like the sort of guy that would mollycoddle him. And I, and I think... It, the way we're playing at the moment, we need someone that's probably the opposite of that, to be honest. You know, you, you need when you've got a boss, you need someone to put an arm around you and be empathetic. Otherwise, you'll lose people quickly. But you also need someone to be that kind of father figure that you know is going to come down on you on a ton of bricks if you step out of line. And I think that's ultimately the problem here with... I don't know if Harris was like that either. You know, he was a bit matey-matey with them. And... and I think they just think they can get away with murder, really. I, I, I can't imagine ha- uh, Clements at half-time today going into that dressing room and bollocking them for the way they were playing. I just can't see it. So I do worry that that's an issue as well, you know, in terms of has he got it in him to light a fire in the team when they're the sort of players that need a fire lighting in them? Because I said it earlier, you know, to have 19 goals at Christmas, if I was sat in that dressing room tonight, I'd be saying to them, you, you should be embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. You are better than 19 goals. And don't sit there and think you're the big I am as players. You're playing for a League Two team for a reason. And you're going to go even further down the pyramid if you keep playing the way you are. They, they really do need to take a look at themselves and start playing better. I'm, I'm getting annoyed talking about it because... They're just, there's just not enough passion. They're, they're, they're technically decent players. They just don't have enough in them at the moment. And they've shown nothing in two seasons, because there's some of them that have been there for longer than, than one season, to show that they've got it in them to, to create something out of nothing or, or chase balls down and, and make something happen. The only players that I feel that actually are capable of doing that in this team uh, are Johnny Williams. I know he's, he's not scored many goals or created many goals, but the only two, well, there's three players, I'd say, that have got work rate in that team. And that is, it's Nadison, Williams and Coleman. And Jeffries, actually, to be to be fair to him. So there's probably four there that, that in my opinion, look like they actually give a damn. The, the, the rest, I'm convinced, do not care a jot. Well, that's the, the big problem is that if we have players who don't care and, you know, I'm sort of the same as you, Jack, I'm sure you don't really want to be saying that and you hope you're wrong and I hope you're wrong as well because I feel the same way. But you almost ask the question, don't you, in, in recent, you really hope it's wrong, but we, we saw the reaction when Harris was sacked and you know, I think everyone remembers really well that Conor Masterson uh, press conference before, um, would have been MK Dons, I believe, where he just seemed shell-shocked, seemed like he didn't really want to talk about it because he couldn't really 
believe it had happened and you get the feeling that was the sort of whole aura within the squad at that point once they were told about the news they couldn't believe it I didn't really understand it and you, you do wonder if there's still a bit of a mental hangover from that in terms of players who were as I said earlier very close to Harris and couldn't quite believe that he'd gone who have really been able to get close to Clemens yet because they still feel some sort of attachment maybe to Harris and how he plays and his way of doing things which as I said earlier I, I get but I also think as professional footballers you need to not grow up but you know understand that football changes all the time and people leave and people come in and you have to start standing on your own two feet for for, for once and you know put that into performances do you think that's maybe the case or do you think it is just a group of players who are still underperforming um I think there's probably a select few of them where it may well be the case. You know, I, I don't think it'd be extreme to say that I can think of three players, probably Malone, Masterson, Mahoney. The only reason why those three players were at the football club this season is, is because Neil Harris was the manager. Um, so naturally, I suppose, if he's taken out the equation, that is going to have an effect on them. Um, but you'd have liked to have thought that sort of two and a half, two and a half months further down the line now, they'd have they'd have got over that. And I mean, to be fair to Masterson, I, th- I think he had a really ropey few weeks when he played after Harris first went. But I think he, he's getting there now. Um, Malone, like you say, there's definitely been a drop-off. And, and to be fair with Mahoney, I don't think he's really changed. I think when he's on it, he's our best player, but he's been very up and down throughout the whole season, really. Um so I think it is just ultimately inconsistency in performance is the problem. Um, in, term, in terms of mentality, um, you know, I, I said that a few a few weeks ago, I think I said that I think it's easy sometimes to suggest players aren't trying, um, especially in games where we go 1-0 down, where we have such a poor record of chasing games. I think naturally any game we concede the first goal i i think we just naturally look like we lack a lot of intensity and we look as if we aren't trying because i think heads just drop very very quickly and don't get me wrong that shouldn't happen they're professionals they should be able to try and rally round and and overcome that but what i can't understand is why we see instances like tonight where a game's at nil-nil. The opposition are pretty much asking for us to go and win it in the second half. Yet we still, we just lack lack that that little bit of edge, that little bit of spark. And you know, maybe it's just because we don't have a lot of runners in the team. We don't have an awful lot of pace in the team. And I suppose if you lack that that kind of element, then naturally you are always going to look quite pedestrian. Um, you know, other than Mahoney, I don't think we've really got another player that that really likes to get on the ball and try and go past an opposition player. Um, so as a result, it does often look like everything we're doing is passive, it's sideways, um, it's one-dimensional, it's one-paced, which I can understand why, as a result, it makes it look like players aren't trying. Um, when I, I, I don't think that is the case. I just... I don't, know, no, I don't... I think there's a slight difference between lacking intensity and not trying. Um, do I think we can play with more intensity? Yes. Um, but we also don't know what they're being instructed to do inside the changing room. Um, but but no, ultimately, we, we, need to, we need to see something because, you know, no matter what we do in January, which I, but for the record, I don't think it's going to be a lot. Um, you know, this squad's 
probably on decent money. So I don't think we're going to have lots of wriggle room anyway without letting players go first. And, you know, we had we had three months in the summer to sign a goal scorer and we couldn't do it. So I don't know why people now suddenly think that in a much shorter January window where it's much harder to sign players that we're suddenly going to go and find this this 20-goal striker when clubs aren't going to let their prized assets go unless they receive an absolutely ridiculous offer, which you'd like to think we won't fall into the trap of doing that. Um, so, so I don't know, but it's, it's, it's not a great situation. You know, the decision was made back in October. There were, it very much split the fan base. A lot of people were for it. A lot of people were against it. But I think the most damning thing I can say about it is that if you've got every single person who was against Harris being sacked into a room now, and and ask them all two and a half months later, can you now see why this decision was made? And do you now think it was the right decision? Not one would say yes, not one. Uh, and that for me is a sure telltale sign of an absolutely dreadful decision that's been made. Yeah, Jack, the thing with, with the decision, um, you know, I know we're sort of going around in a sort of tangent circles or whatever, and we're going to come on to... Clements's uh, post-match comments uh, afterwards from the ones I've seen anyway, because I can't play the video whilst I'm doing this. But um, yeah, when the decision was made, Brad said about going in a new direction, um, which initially I think we all assumed meant he had someone in mind who was going to come straight in. Obviously, we waited just over a month, I think it was, for the appointment. And as we know now, that was obviously Stephen Clements. And uh, I just think when... You make the decision you do when, when Harris left and we were in the position we were, very close to top three to the point where we won one game after and we were back in there. You, you do set a precedent for what's acceptable in terms of standings and points and, and what's not and what you want to achieve in a season by making a snap decision like that. Um, so I guess the question is, if it doesn't work out this season, I know people don't tend to want to criticise Brad because if it's done for us and we shouldn't obviously forget where we'd be if he didn't do that and you know we owe it's unfair to say we owe more or less the whole club to him really but that doesn't mean he's, he's devoid of, of any of any criticism regardless of that because we're talking about it here and now not what was and I think if this season doesn't work out for the time spent on it to reach the decision we did to sack Neil and then replace him with, with Stephen Clements if we don't get where we should be which is top seven for me regardless of whether it turns into promotion or not top seven is what we need I think he, he has questions to answer himself doesn't he Jack it's a tough or, one or at, least, could... or at least I would say an ex- explanation sorry as to why just sorry to cut you off there but I just thought of it as I was saying it we've still never really got a, a clear reason why Neil left and I think there's still a lot of questions surrounding that whether it's behind the scenes or not that's just speculation of course but I think there is there is something to be said about that because I think we all wanted a, a, a fans forum after that decision was made. It didn't happen. And I, I don't know, maybe there's something that's gone on, but we don't know about, but it would be nice to get some proper actual clarity on the decision rather than just the simple, we wanted to look in a new direction. I think a fans forum would be a good idea, mate. It's been a while uh, and I think it would, it would make sense. You know, the openness before was very good. I sense maybe that we've not had one because he, he didn't necessarily agree with the decision. You know, I know it's his ultimate call because he's at the very top, but he's brought in people to advise him that know football better than him. So, you know, although he's the one who's actually had to wield the axe, I sense he's not the one that remotely thought it was, you know, I don't, I don't think it was his call ultimately. You know, I don't think he woke up one day and said, I want to get rid of Neil Harris. I think it was possibly the other guys, but we'll, we'll, we'll never know that. 
But um, so I, I, I don't want to criticise the guy too much, to be honest. I think he's done wonders for the club. But yeah, ultimately, at the end of the season, if we haven't made the playoffs, then then questions do need to be asked. And I think a fans forum would be a good idea because I think it would, I think it would simmer the fan base down. Is maybe the wrong word, really. But we're not we're not exactly in a in a fantastic place at the moment. Um, so I think it would be worthwhile worthwhile doing that. And just just going back, mate, I've seen a couple of comments just around um, suggestion that the players aren't putting an effort. I'm not necessarily saying that I don't think they're trying necessarily. I just think when, if you, when you look at the difference between, say, the Southampton game, the Luton game and the Charlton game, the intensity, as Reese said, which I, which I also said on, on Jules in the pub, you know, the intensity that we play at as a team in those games shows they do have it in themselves to go up that extra notch that is needed. And if they'd have done that tonight, we'd have won the game easily. So for me, I don't know how you sort of summarise that, whether that's effort, intensity, whatever you want to call it, but they're not playing to the level of ability that they that they have. So I don't know what the the correct adjective is to describe that, whether it's a lack of effort or not, but that's how I see it, mate. They're, they're playing within themselves too often, is what I would say. Well, I think it's a good point that you mentioned the, the games you did in the Cup, because we had this, even last season, we had this issue, didn't we? Even when we had a significantly weaker squad. You saw the performances, the grit and determination to go to Brentford, take them to penalties. The um, <clears throat> the game against Leicester where we narrowly missed out at home but gave a really, really good account of ourselves. And the game at Wolves as well where, where I, think, I think it was a dodgy penalty decision that night, wasn't it? And then a goal and injury time that beat us. But each one of those results last season, we followed it up with a defeat. I'm pretty sure because I looked at this uh, at the time. And this season, I'm not sure if we followed it up with defeat every time, uh, but whenever we've played in a cup competition and we've had that intensity, we've had that will to win because it's either against high league opposition like Charlton and, and Southampton were, or whether it is because, you know, the FA Cup, for example, people know that if we get to the third round, we might get a glamour tie, but we didn't really this time. I know she was like the Premier League, but still it's not really the golden ticket per se. I think there is a massive problem with that. And I, I don't, it's, there shouldn't be a connection really to last season because it is majority of, the time it is different players really if you look at the team that played at Brentford to the team we played against Southampton for example I, I really can't wrap my head <clears throat> excuse me I really can't wrap my head around this Jack and I, Reece, I want you to pitch it on this as well but I know it's hard to sum up and I, I know I just said there Jack it's difficult but there must be something in the mentality that players can look at a game like Southampton and and uh, Cholton and decide that they're going to turn up and put in a really good, strong performance. And then you expect as a fan when you see that, you take motivation from that, you take pride from that, you think, right, this team is is capable. Because once they put in a performance, they let everyone know that they are capable of doing it. Which then leaves them up to, out to more criticism when they don't start doing it consistently in the league against lesser opposition, which is my issue. Because I've seen it uh, this season, I saw it last season, although like different players, that they are capable of playing in a certain way and getting, getting results against better sides. But, we don't see it a lot, do we? We don't see it very often. And I'm not, not expecting either of you to be able to give me an answer as to why that is, because I don't think I don't think I could either, but it's something that's certainly incredibly frustrating. Yeah, I, I think naturally, if you play a team that's in a higher league, you want to prove to them that you're better players than them and I should be in the league you're in. It's a natural, a natural thing to want to prove to yourself and to others. 
But I think the, the, the issue that I have is, is the difference between those games and the league. You know, if, if we played an intensity of eight or nine in those games, maybe even 10 against Southampton, we're playing at a three or a four in the league. It's the chasm of difference that makes me feel they're not, they're not playing and trying to the, to the best of what they could possibly do. And, and maybe that's linked to wages. I don't know. Like I've seen in the past with players, you know, in the, in the Scally era towards the end, you know, we didn't exactly pay people probably amazingly, but they, tr- they, they, they did appear to put more effort in than these lads. So I, I wonder whether, you know, they're on, on, on cushy contracts that mean they don't have to worry too much. And, you know, if we don't go up, we don't go up kind of scenarios in their heads. I, I don't know. Um, I don't want to be like, I, I don't want to be too overly critical of their mentality, but they make it very difficult for us not to, the, the way they're playing at the moment. I, I just, a minus nine goal difference, <clears throat> excuse me, 19 goals scored. The stats are appalling and I don't, I don't know how to change him. If I if I did know how to change him, I'd probably be playing football and, and thus managing. I I said on Jill's in the pub to Reese and Matt. I think we the the intensity is the main thing that's lacking in this team. But it but it's, they've shown it in cup games that it's possible, and they played teams off the park when they did it. And I think if we play with that little bit more intensity in upcoming games, we've got two home games coming up. Perfect opportunity against poor opposition or semi poor opposition. I think we we just that, that's what I want to see. I, I don't mind just drawing a game like tonight, or or losing other games if we've really gone for it and played with an intensity and, and attacking now. So that meant you come away from it going, Jesus, we 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 should have won that, or, or we played really well. We were really unlucky. I don't I don't think there's been any game this season that I can think of, apart from maybe Mansfield because of the refereeing decision, where we've walked away from it and gone, we were unlucky there. We've got what we deserved in every single game, I think. Yeah, I don't think I'd really argue with that. If you, you know, I'm put on the spot, perhaps, but I also couldn't think of that sort of situation either. I don't think, you know, games like Notts County, for example, I think we played pretty well in the second half. But again, I think you can't really argue with them winning it because I think they shaded it. And it was a good game between, at the time, two, two decent teams. Obviously, they've gone off the boil a little bit, but you still expect them to challenge them. But yeah, I think that has been, has been the key, hasn't it? That we've got reserved in a lot of the games and... It's probably a reason we haven't drawn many either because, um, you know, it's either we deserve to win or we just deserve to lose. There's not many games where it's been very, very even. And tonight was very even for, for the wrong reasons. And uh, Reese, we spoke to, I spoke about mentality and um, how the players potentially take on board the same sort of mentality as a manager. Um, Clements says, I don't want to go in on Clements too much, to be honest, because of the circumstances. But he, he has come out today recently, said, uh, we'll take a point on the road and, as I said yesterday, as I've said today, I get the sentiment between taking a point in a row because the old saying is if you win your home games and get whatever away, you're going to be in a good position. But I, I personally just can't accept a, a point away at Troy Deeney's 23rd place, Forest Green, who have scored the only team who have scored. Um, oh, no, they're not. We've scored the less goals in the league. I think uh, I think Matt said yesterday, we're, either we're bot- the, the bottom scorers in the league or they are. We're next to each other either way, so it's probably no surprise it was nil-nil saying that. But... For me, I, I get the sentiment between a point in a row being good in certain circumstances, but I think against twenty third in the league place, Troy Deeney's Forest Green Rovers, I don't think you can look at that and say it's a good point. And for me, it's a bit concerning that the manager of the team's coming out and, and thinking it's a good point on the road when 
you know, he's already experienced going to teams who are lesser than us down at the table, away from home and, and getting defeats. Obviously, a point's better than none, but regardless, I, I don't know how anyone, in my opinion, can look at this tonight and say it's a good point on the road, least of all the manager. No, I, I think, you know, the point he's trying to make there, I'd probably agree with 16 times out of 23. Um, you know, I think if you go away to anyone in the top two thirds of the table when you get a point and you win your home games, you're probably quite happy with that. However, once you get into playing the teams in that bottom third of the table, if you have aspirations like we're meant to believe we do of being a playoff team, then no, there's there's no excuse. You have to be going to these these places at the bottom two in the league and and not only playing to try and win the game but having the quality to do so. Um, so no, I'm, I, I don't particularly like that comment. Um, and you know, but maybe we just, the reality is dawning that a, a playoff team is just not what we are. Um, you know, the gap's already three points now and more alarmingly with 21 goals worse off than goal difference to Wimbledon in seventh, which is, which is a ridiculous amount at this stage of the season. Um, so no, the, the the comment of we'll take a point I don't like. I I also don't like some of the decisions he makes during the games either. Um the obsession with just playing one up front is is borderline ridiculous. Um I I you know, I've defended Bond since day dot of him turning up and I still feel really sorry for him because he starts games, he plays up there all by himself, does what he can, and then He's always the first striker taken off. He's never given an opportunity to play up front with a partner. Even today, yes, he brings on Nichols and he brings on Naderson. But he brings Nichols on for Lapsley and plays Nichols behind Naderson. So the system's the same. We're never trying to play two strikers up through the middle of the pitch. Um, so up for me, I think he's got a lot to learn there. We're just making like-for-like changes all the time rather than trying to do anything proactive. Um, and no, you can, you can, you know, we can't completely throw Clements under a bus because the same with Deeney at Forest Green. It's his first, first job in professional football as a number one. But, you know, it's also a lot of us, especially those that were against Harris being sacked, quite rightly said the decisions being made where we're in a position of relative strength. So whoever the manager is, whether you've managed 300 games or none, you're going to be under pressure from the get-go to start delivering results and performances. And unfortunately, I'm sure he would have known that when signing up for the job. So yes, we have to be a little bit patient with him and not call for him to be sacked at such an early stage. But he also is the man in, in the hot seat now and he is ultimately responsible for what his team starts producing. Um, and yes, people will say it's not his team because he didn't sign the players. Well, unfortunately, that's the whole new direction we've gone. He's the head coach, he's not the manager. The role of a head coach is generally that they're told to coach and develop the players that they are given and turn them into a decent football team. So, ultimately, he may never get his players. He will get players that are bought for him by a recruitment department. And it's his job to go and de deliver results. And, you know, like I say, I'm not saying let's sack Steve Clements, but the early signs from, from my perspective are, aren't looking promising. I've got to be honest. On that one up top point as well, uh, I won't, I won't give away how I know this, 
Um, but I, I know for fact that he told one of the players that um, that he, he doesn't play with two players up top. So he doesn't believe in it, is what I've been told. So I don't think we're ever going to get two up top unless it drastically stops or it just drastically doesn't work, which isn't isn't really doing so at the moment. And hopefully he learns on the job. I said on Jules in the pub, I don't necessarily advocate for two up top. But I think the way we're playing at the moment, it wouldn't be the worst idea to try. And I do agree with what Reese said regarding regarding Bond. I do feel sorry for the bloke. You know, he's missed some sitters, but he tries hard. And he's unfortunately left up top completely on his own. And then when Nadison and Nichols are brought on midway through the game and it converts to a two, the, the poor bloke's not had a chance to, to really, you know, stamp his authority on the game and play with a partner, which I think he's probably been at his best in the past. So... You do have to question him tactically slightly at the moment, but he's like like Reese says, it's very early days, so let's see how it plays out. I suppose you suppose you'd have to say that there's even more reason to go sort of cut you off, Jack, but even more reason to go with a two up top now because we've all, you know, he's not the best technical football in the world, but we all know what Ollie Hawkins offers in terms of size and and, and structure and being someone who, if you're insistent on playing non balls, who would be the best outlet for that. So surely when you get him back, there's more reasons to go to for two than ever because I, I wouldn't play Ollie Hawkins up front on his own. I think you need to be very mobile to play that sort of position as well as someone who can hold the ball up. He can hold the ball up, but is he mobile enough to play up top on his own? I wouldn't say so. But if you are playing two up top, he's the perfect foil for, you know, Nichols, we already know he had a good relationship with towards the end of last year. And as I said, Bond, we haven't seen it yet, but surely you look at it as a manager or coach now that you have someone like Ollie Hawkins back and you think, well, I've got a chance here to, to try something new with someone who's clearly benefited from it last season from what he would have seen because I know he watched a lot of our games, as he said. And and you'd think to, to give it a go, wouldn't you? I know we, we threw him on for the, part, for the last, what was it, 20 minutes or so last week against Bradford and obviously the game was gone by that point so you couldn't really get a true reflection. But... I'd expected us at some point, I was looking over whenever the commentator said we're making a sub, I thought, well, this will be a Hawkins now to pair him up top. First I thought with Bond, but then we, he went off with Hawk, uh, for Nichols, and I thought, well, he'd bring him on now playing with Nichols. And it, it, it never happened. And it's little things like that during games where I think if you want to go and win the game, you, you've got this big structure of a player back now. You've been playing it long for a lot of the game. If you're going to insist on doing that and you want to try and win the game, you have the perfect foil for it there. But we, we just never used it. And if he is only going to play one up front, you think how long it's taken Hawkins to get back into the team? <clears throat> how long is it going to take it to get in him? Because I can't, I can't see him ever starting up front on his own. Nor would I play him up front on his own for the reasons I mentioned earlier. But if we were to go to a two, which I think would be beneficial at this moment in time, I think he's got to be one of the more perfect foils we have for that position alongside a, a Nichols or a Bon or an Addison who we haven't seen tested in a two either really and you know there are opportunities there aren't isn't there yeah and do, do you know what mate what, just thinking out loud when when you were talking about the, the strikers we've got there if you if you look at all of those up top on their own i think bond's probably the only one who's got the all-round ability to bring the ball down possibly score goals have sort of a bit of power and be mobile enough to play up top on his own i don't think any of the other lads have the all-round game to be able to do it so i think we're stifling our own attack in many respects. Because if you look at all of those lads, if you played Nadison with Bond, Nadison with Hawkins, Hawkins with Nichols, shown last year, Hawkins with Bond, any one of those two together, you sit there and think, actually, that'd be quite a good little partnership. But playing one up top at the moment, I just I don't think personally is working. What do we know? You know, we're not football managers, but it's not working at the moment, clearly, is it? 19 goals all season. Although we did play two up top, I think, in some games under Harris. 
So, you know, it's, I don't know, mate. It's, 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 uh, it's laughable in many respects how bad we're doing going forward. And uh, it's, you roll the dice, you know, play two up top and just see what happens. Why not? Yeah, towards uh, at the start of the season, we were playing the two up top, and it was I believe it was Nadison and, and, and Nichols at the time. Obviously, with Hawkins still being injured. Um, just before we get to the comments and, and wrap this up tonight, I'll give you both a very easy question, which is actually very difficult. Um, a simple one, but hard to really get an answer for. Uh, Reese, we'll go with you and then Jack. I want your answer as well. It's I suppose not really something you can give a clear answer to, but January is coming up. We, we're not expecting to have the funds we expect to have. Um, simply, where do we go from here at this moment in time? Um, where do we go from here? Um, well, the, the trend since October is that we fall further and further away from where we want to be. Um, that's the way we've been going since, generally since, I know people will say that, that the client started just before Harris left, but the game after Harris was sacked, we was in the top three, I believe, when we beat uh, MK Dons. Um, and since then, we're just gradually falling further and further away from the pack. We've now become isolated where the entirety of the top five already looks out of out of contention for us. And we're trying to scrape into the bottom two playoff positions. But our goal difference is already so poor that we're playing catch up in that regard. And like, like I say, I, I don't think we're going to have the ability to flex our muscles the same way we did last January in this coming window to address the right we might we might get some pace into the team um but you know you can't just bring uh someone that can run 100 meters in nine and a half seconds into the team and suddenly you're going to be really good you know they have to have quality as well to be able to help you create create chances and unlock doors um and ultimately the goal scorer issue they they're the ones that cost the money um and one i don't think we're going to find the club willing to let anyone go um because why would they and secondly i don't think i don't think we'll cough up the money for it because we've probably already spent enough on this squad um that you know the owners probably thought that the squad we've got would be good enough to go and get us to where we want to be so where do we go from here without trying to be you know sound like dr doomsday or anything like that i only see us falling further away as the season goes on and you know my, it's, it's it's sad because obviously we went to Como, it was brilliant, you know, the whole sleeping giant talk, the atmosphere around the club was fantastic and for me it was wiped out 14 games into the season and I can only see us finishing mid-table now to be honest and, and it's a real shame to be sitting here saying that after all the excitement of the summer um, but there we go, that's football isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jack, oh, go on, no, I was going to say mate, I think Similar in terms of where I think we'll finish. I think we probably will finish in mid-table. Um, what the players need to do is channel the, the, you know, the inner versions of themselves from last season and the second half of last season. I'd like to know how many points we picked up in that, in that phase. So if we play in a similar fashion in terms of grinding results out, and if we if we look at someone like Bristol Rovers, I said this on on Jills in the pub, you know they were twentieth, twenty first, nineteenth, something like that, weren't they? At Christmas a few years back, um, under a manager who, who we won't name, <laughs> um, but um, he, uh, he he got them in, he got them promoted on the last day of the season, and um, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that we could go up this year. I think writing the season off is 
is a wrong thing to do. But the players are kind of giving us that opinion at the moment. So I, I do think mid-table is ultimately where we're probably going to finish. But there's nothing to say, you know, look, we're not we're not that far away from the playoffs at the moment. We're playing very poorly and we're still where we are where we are. So if we even start to click and start to get ourselves into gear, I think we could still make the playoffs. We could still go up automatically. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's 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 possible if we start finding some form and the players start finding that intensity that they found in cup games. But as of right now, mate, I'd say we're, we're, we're destined for mid-table. And I don't think signing players in January will massively help towards that. If we can add some pace, then that would be great. But as Reese said, I don't think there's going to be loads and loads of money to spend in January because of the reasons he gave. So let's see, mate. Let's see. Mid-table seems where it seems like it will be where it will be. But hopefully, let's, let's, let's look positively and say maybe if they start clicking, we might actually do well this season. Fingers crossed. Yeah, much like Bristol Rovers is another another example being Barnsley. I think it was a year under the late Justin Edinburgh when we were where we were for so long and ended up finishing ninth. That's uh, nearly, well, over a decade ago. No, no, it's not. Bad math. Nearly a decade ago. Um, so there are examples of his precedent that, that it can happen. And you know, as I said, we, we talk about all this now, but... Uh, a January, even with not a lot of money available, could well change a season. It's not always about spending the big bucks. It's about using your money wisely and spending it in the right areas. That could well be on in in terms of loans as well, because I'm pretty certain Conor Mahoney is the only loan player we have at the minute, so we still have the uh, opportunity to bring someone ball in. Maybe, you never know, but you know, see, see sometimes a, a loan player from a Premier League or Championship club can suddenly find form at a club in second half for the season. Um, we've not had a great record of that in the, with the Tom Dixon Peters of the world etc but we'll have to see come what may um, we'll go through some of the comments and then we'll head off uh, Dave Miller says Harris had us playing with passion he was quoted as saying a Gillingham team we defended with our lives there is no passion being shown at the moment it went when he went uh, Matty said may as well have played 5-5-0 formation first half Maka didn't stand a chance glad we finally kind of played two strikers second half and created some chances would like Bond to have a chance with a partner, Luke says second half we played better, but I think it's just that stupid final third. We need a striker in January and also need to offload some players. Uh, we'll make that a question in, in just a second. Um, Jill's Greg says success is not sustainable if you've not got pace, a goal scorer, and any leaders. I just don't see us being a contender until we address those gaps. Uh, James says Jack is hitting a nail on the head with what he's saying there. That's 45 minutes ago. Can't quote them what you were saying there, Jack, but we'll take the compliment uh, for you anyway, I'm sure. Uh, Mike says, for me, it's time for Brad to come out and address the fans. What direction are we going in? Our objectives still the same as they were in the summer. Happy to put on fan formants when all was going well, but how about another one now? Gone very quiet from above. Club needs a lift. Um, I think he has been a bit quiet, Brad, but I don't, I don't think we should you know, call him out for you know, or accuse him of just picking and choosing to do fan formants when he feels like there's not going to be any negativity involved. I don't think somebody's going to shy away from that and it'll give us answers uh, should we ask the questions. But I do think, as we said earlier, fans form is, is a very good idea. Uh, spot on Jackson's page. Got you, you on fire 45 minutes ago, Jack, by the sounds of it. It's all um, gone since, mate. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to those in a second. Um, Matty says, Johnny only, other than one game, is being played out uh, out of his position. I've watched him train at Tunbridge Angels pre-season and from the middle, he pings it where he wants Um but the two things there, I think I could ping it from where I wanted in a pre-season training. But um, secondly, I, I think some of the Johnny Williams call it ill. Like I was saying this at the start of the season when he was playing out wide and not getting the best out of him. I think he has played in the middle quite a few times since then. And 
even from the wide position, I think we still should be seeing more from a player who had 10 goals and 10 assists last year compared to what we're seeing now. Uh, Jules Griggs says, our entire front four wouldn't get into many of the teams we are competing with for top seven. Not good enough. Dave Miller. Oh, here we go. Jack, this is where it goes down. Saying it is a lack of effort shows a complete failure to understand professional football or footballers. Players are underperforming, but are trying much as playing players out of position. Clark on the left, etc. Creativity being stifled by coaches. Uh, Matt Fro says, I think he is waiting for the transfer market is next week. So let's see what new players he's going to pick for the squad. Um, or again, like Rich was saying now, I don't, I'm not entirely sure it's him who's going to be picking them by the sounds of it. Uh, Jack Elworth says, do you believe the players are playing for the fans and the badge? Um, we touched on that earlier, Jack. I think we all sort of went a general consensus that we don't think it's the lack of effort. It's just the difference, as, as Reese said, well, put it perfectly, really, the lack of what a difference between effort and um, intensity within games. Um, Matt Froese, oh, you just said the same thing. Um, Matt Lawrence says, no more sugarcoating. We were supposed to be going in a more positive direction and with the change, we are going backwards. Harris should never have left. As someone said on Twitter earlier, the grass is not always greener on the other side. The feel-good factor is gone. Um, well, yeah, when you think about times of coma, etc. Yeah, they are very, uh, very far away now. Uh, Matt, Matt, he says again, we would have signed May and played him on his own and then ponder why he isn't scoring because he's being marked out of the game like bodies. Again, very very possible. Let's not, let's not pretend otherwise. Uh, Graham says, just watch Clemens' interview after tonight and I'm not sure he watched, and I'm, and I'm sure he watched the different games to the rest of us. Um, all I've seen is um, is is that he was happy with a point, which was enough for me. I don't need to watch it anymore. Uh uh, Matt says, take a point from Clement's laughing face. <laughs> yep. Uh, King says, it's early days, but my gut feeling is not too good. Uh, not going too well to work with Clements. He's too nice a manager. But it's loose to what you said earlier, Jack. Uh, Julian says, bang on Reese, totally mad to sack Harris. Jules Gregg says, there is to be another reason why Harris sacked him. Well, yeah, we spoke about that earlier. Different possibilities. But uh, again, I, I don't think it's something that we're ever going to find out, is it really, for being realistic about it? Maybe, maybe he'll, he'll do a podcast when he's when he's done retired and we can ask. But um, I think he's rather busy at the minute with Cambridge, so maybe not quite yet. Um, Leela just says, let's not forget, only Stockport had more points than us since January in League Two under Harris. Um uh, Dave Miller says Southampton, Luton, and Charlton are all free hits. Play with no fear, as we are underdogs. For me, it's coaching and pl- coaching and playing with fear. Mentality and expectation has changed from fans and clubs. Some players are not up to it. Luke says Jaden Clark runs at defenders, tries to take people on, and tries some skills in the cup in the league. He seems scared. Nothing against him, but it has to be said. Uh, Richard Cherry says need to sign Clark Harris and Carnu in January. Um, yeah, good luck with that one. Um, he also says Neil Harris appears to have lifted the Ninningham curse at Cambridge. Yeah, it does seem that way. Four, uh, six goals in three games, seven points on nine. Very good start for Neil at, um, at the Abbey, I believe they call it. Uh, Jack O'Weff says the quote don't li- button the quote don't leave for something better when you think it's good. When when now better has already found something good like that. I, I can't. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Jack. I'm not entirely sure what what, what that sentence is, but. I'm sure. I'm sure you you meant well. Um, I, think what it, I think what it means, Owen, is essentially us having someone half decent and Harris getting rid of him, and then Harris finding his feet at a club, a league above us, and he's picking up better results than we are. I think. Well, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm too tired to, to work out the riddle. Um, 
yeah, one final talking point. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I think in, in relation to January, it's probably important. It goes along with one of the comments. Um, Jack, someone mentioned uh, one of the first comments I read out about the idea to offload some players and who potentially aren't where they should be at the level right now. And if it is true about, you know, we don't have too much to spend given uh, how much we spent in the summer already, could it well be an idea to offload someone if we can in January? Obviously, we need a fee really to make it substantial, substantially worth doing. Um, I think there's some obvious ones we can think of. You know, I've, I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Williams left or even retired. Um, I, I don't see him having a future at the football club anymore. Maybe he'll go back with Harris for half a season with Cambridge because he'd probably be on the bench, but he'd be dependable on back with Neil perhaps. But at the same time, I don't think he has anything else to prove in his career at this point. He's been an international player, he's won promotions. I think he's at that age now where he could probably pack it in and be quite happy with his career and rightly so. Um, I know a lot of people mentioned Max Clark. I don't think he'll move on because I don't think we'd allow it because we don't have anywhere else to play their back position if Scott's not available. And I'd like to see Max being given more chances as well. And um, then you have the sort of players on you know, the outside of the squad, which Sean Williams have fallen into, but then players, um, unfortunately, like Lewis Walker as well, is probably gonna, it's probably going to move on. But... Um, I think when we're talking about this, uh, oh yeah, uh, Reese Jack says you're spot on. Apologies, Jack, I wasn't quite uh, on on toward that. Um, but yeah, when we're talking about players who have to leave to create funds, those are some outward examples. I think you'd look towards some of the people within the main first team group, wouldn't you? Uh, there are a couple of names that come to mind. I don't know if I want to say them. Sound horrible, but I think if I put it this way, I think if offers came in and people might think against this, but. If an offer came in for someone like George Lapsley, which was a decent enough fee, I probably wouldn't say no. Um, I, don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Jack, and if you have any positions of your own or players who you wouldn't be you know, disappointed to see even in January if, if, if a good enough offer came along. I think the only two I'd be disappointed to see leave at this point, mate, are Coleman and Ogie, really, if I'm honest. The rest I could take or leave, you know. Uh, they're the only two I think we'd get substantial money for, though. Um, everyone else is up for grabs for me in many respects. Some of the players like Lapsley are on probably big money, so he probably does stand out more than others. But I think the names that you mentioned, mate, Williams and Walker, are, are, are the two most obvious, I think, to free funds up. Um, yeah, other than that, mate, I think, I think what you've said, someone like Lapsley would make sense. But genuinely, if an offer come in for anyone, other than Coleman and Ogie, I wouldn't be disappointed, but they're the two that are probably gone on the most funds. So that's probably my summarisation of it, mate. But um, yeah, w- Williams and, and Walker, I think, are destined to leave. Yeah, Reese, how about you? Just to round us off. Um, I can see Clark leaving. Not necessarily think it's the right thing to do, because obviously if we let him go and then Malone gets injured, we've we've got no natural cover at left back, but I expect he will be wanting to play football. Um, yeah, Sean Williams seems an obvious one on, on paper. I, I think the case with, with Sean Williams isn't quite as cut and dry as people make it out. I think he's sort of become a little bit of a scapegoat since Harris left and has just fallen by the wayside. But to play devil's advocate, he's been out of the team for a, quite a long time now. And I don't think we look any better a team without Sean Williams and what we did with him. Um, and also, 
I mean, I'm not. I don't know if it's entirely correct, but I'd have thought after Nickel since the second half a lot since the start of January, I can't imagine many players here have scored more goals for us than he has. Um, but I think he will go because he's just not going to get a look in. Um, and obviously, Jack mentions Walker, but I think one of the other four may have to leave because if if it's true that Clements is going to be obsessed with playing one up front all the time, if we've got four strikers here and we want to sign another one in January. They're all going to end up being quite unhappy. Um, I don't know which one would be the most likely to leave. I don't think certainly don't think it would be Bond. Um, I I think if you take if you take away Walker because I think well first with Walker it's a difficult one to actually get him out because because he's been on loads of Woking already. We can only get him to go out permanently unless we go set, uh, load him back to Woking or sell him to him. But I don't know if that's going to be a possibility. But I, I'd say I think you'd probably agree with Reese actually when you if we think about it. I think. Because of what he offers and the fact that he hasn't played, I think Hawkins would stay. I think Nichols, although I don't think he's been great, would probably stay. I think the most likely one to go out, whether it's permanent or not, would probably be in Addison. Possibly. Possibly. Um, which in a way would be a shame because he's he's the one of the forwards that's got that that pace and that's something we say we want in the team. But if Clements is only going to play one centre forward, I'd say Naderson's the one that is least able to play as a lone striker. So it's it's a difficult situation. But yeah, if we if we want to sign another striker, I don't see how all the existing ones are going to be able to stay and get the football they want as well. Yeah, it's certainly going to be another interesting January. You can tell the season um, is coming up. We've had uh, chats of Clark Harris and, and Carnu and um, if not, I don't know if they're being serious. Uh, Luke, no offence if you are being serious, but... Um, He's, he's come in and said, um, call me mental, but that coming back on a full or loan, he had great chances, he scores goals, he isn't playing much at Sunderland. Um, I, I've, I, it might sound even weirder to say as a Gillingham fan, but I wouldn't even want Bradley that back at this point because the reason he isn't playing for Sunderland is because he's always injured. And uh, fortunately, those back-to-back ACLs, I think it was, uh, with his back end at Blackburn, I think the first one was, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's unfortunately someone who... Uh, Probably his, his best days are behind him now, unfortunately, which is a shame considering how big a talent he was when he was with us and with Blackburn. But I suppose it's not all bad. He's, he's got um, Livy Rapwood and uh, an ITV special. I'm sure he can pick out of his uh, pick out of his back pocket whenever he wants to get the funds back. So I suppose it could be worse. Um, but yeah, sorry, Jack. Go on. As I say, I think Canu from what I've been from what I've seen online, apparently we've, we've scouted him. So I don't think that one's beyond the realms of possibility. I'm not too sure about Clark Harris, but um, yeah, let's, 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 I don't know if we've got the money to be spending because of FFP. We don't know behind the scenes, but Joel's put on one of the comments that if you can see it, cause he's private, but he says, you know, cheer up boys. You know, we, we could sign a couple of players in, 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 January and we've got two home games coming up it could all change around and I do agree with that to be fair you know we just need to get on the winning run get on a bit of a crest of a wave a bit of positivity running through the, the, the team and the club and it might change it might change I think the reason I'm being relatively downbeat is just the fact that you know we've got 19 goals we had seven at the same point last season things just don't seem to be changing regardless of the players at the moment and regardless of the coaches so although you know I do agree with a lot of what Dave said there earlier I don't necessarily think the, the coaches are stifling them. because I did think now of Harris, but it's three managers now that aren't getting them playing. So at what point do you look at the players, you know, and, and not give them, not necessarily a free pass, but I, I just think, honestly, as Reese has said and I've said, play with more intensity in league games, 
And I think there'll be a change of fortune. Play like you did against Charlton. Play like you did against Hampton. Not even necessarily completely play like that. Even remotely play like that. And we win tonight's game. And we win other games that we've lost this season. Well, Jack, I think, I think we'll see, won't we, these, these two own games. We, we finally will finish off now. Um, we all looked at this game and said only a win will do, considering the opposition. The game against Crawley, I think Crawley have fallen off a little bit in recent weeks, but they have shown they are a, a decent side. I think they're just sort of, you know, they were punched above their weight to start with. I think they're just sort of just, not in a lull, but sort of just where they're, they're probably going to be expected to be now, which I'm sure, given how their season went last year, they're going to be more than happy with, if not slightly a bit disappointed because they're not a start. I think I've, the tide will turn bad and the atmosphere will be quite... Um, Quite something if we um go to not not go to if when we host Sutton the game after who are bottom of the league just change their manager and if we don't win that game you know it's one thing going to Forest Green team tonight where we should be beating and, and not getting a result away from home but if we struggle at home against a similar slightly worse opposition in Sutton and then I think Prusel could be a a rather toxic toxic environment um come that game which we don't want to see especially because you know. Never know what could follow on from that. We know all the crowd issues and whatnot. I wasn't there on Saturday, but I heard about the, the situation with a, a fan leaving early for the Bradford game and uh, the response to that, which is pathetic in my opinion. But it, it's just imperative, isn't it, that we respond from tonight, which I know we got a point, but it's still a poor result. And we, we get back-to-back wins against Crawley and um, Crawley and Sutton. Then, then I think naturally the optimism grows a little bit again. Games should be winning, granted, but it's about getting that confidence back into the fans and the players, isn't it? And it's a very, very important period now. I don't think it would be unrealistic to think we should be winning both those games. Um, regardless of... No, and Colchester too, I'd say. Yeah, I agree, mate. Well, I'll take a point at Colchester. I know we're saying we shouldn't be saying that for tonight, but it's a slightly harder game, I guess. But yeah, there's no reason why we couldn't take nine points from these next few games, but I think we need to be winning the next two at home. They're very winnable games and will be a, a good barometer of the character of these players, I'd say. All right, boys, any closing statements or shall we wrap it up today? Because we've been going for nearly an hour and a half and I'm sure you both want to get on with uh, whatever whatever you're doing uh, <laughs> prior to... Price of Christmas Eve and whatnot. Sleep would be the next thing I'm going to do, mate. No, no, nothing more from me, mate. All right, well, Jack, if I don't speak to you before, well, well I won't do it, we don't have a game until after Christmas. So, uh, Merry Christmas, mate. Hope you're a good one with the family. Uh, Reese, same to you as well. And, uh, yeah, everyone uh, listening, thank you very much for your support. Um, I was going to say this year, but we'll be back before then, so I'll do that later on. But, um, yeah, everyone, I uh, hope you have a great Christmas. I hope um, tonight's tonight result hasn't uh, put a bit of a down on it. Just get a drink down you. Christmas Eve, I'm sure you'll forget all about it. But um yeah, have a great um great Christmas day, everyone. Hope everyone enjoys the families, etc. etc. And um yeah, thank hopefully we'll be uh, coming on here on Boxing Day reminiscing not just on a, a great Christmas for everyone involved, but three points uh, against Crawley. That's the uh, that's the hope. Let's hope the festive cheer doesn't last us one day and then end completely the day after. We can only hope. But uh yeah, Jack Reese, thanks uh, very much for your time tonight, gents. No worries, mate. Merry Christmas all. Right, that'll be us for tonight. Uh, remember, you can catch us uh, back on Spotify. It'll be available very, very soon. Or you can watch back, uh, listen back rather, on um, on Space as soon as this finishes on Twitter. But until next time, up the jewels and good night.